Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This episode of Long Night with Bish Khanna was recorded before a studio audience in Toronto on Saturday, February 4th, 2017. Coming to you live from the Theatre Centre in Toronto, Canada, it's Long Night with Bish Khanna! On the show tonight, musicians L. Connor here. We've got comedian Ali Hassan. We've got film critics Tina Hassania and Mallory Andrews. That's the Bicycle Thera House Band. My name is James Keast, and please welcome on the stage your host, Vishal Khanna. Hello. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you all here. Welcome to the show. We have a, a jam-packed show for you today and uh, lots of great guests. Uh, but we are, as I'm speaking to you, uh, it's February 4th, and uh, today marked a National Day of Action Against Islamophobia and White Supremacy. Yeah. There were uh, demonstrations all around the world, and Toronto was part of it. And uh, we were very pleased because one of the principal organizers of the event here in Toronto is joining us now. How about a hand for Walid Kogali? Hi, Walid. How are you? To be honest, I'm very tired. Uh, I only had three hours of sleep, but I'm still super energized. I don't know what I'm running on. It's probably the energy of so many people that came out today, but thank you for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for making time on three hours sleep. I appreciate it. Tell us what uh, the event was like today in Toronto. Well, uh, all I can say is I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen so many people from all walks of life, from all different faith groups, uh, from teachers to students to postal workers to environmentalists to people from so many people came out so quickly to reject hate, to reject bigotry, to reject Islamophobia. And it was so inspiring because so many people have been messaging us, wanting to get more involved. We all know that Trump's going to be the president for the next couple of years, and in a couple of days, he's been able to do so much damage. He's been able to send a message that isn't contrary to American values, isn't contrary to our values, specifically when it pertains to exclusion. It's also been a traumatizing week for the Muslim Canadian population. You know, not a lot of people have had the opportunity to heal. This was a space that we we're trying to create for people to see the level of support that they have, that their neighbors have their back, that their unions have their back, that their employers have their back, that everyone has their back. And they needed to hear that, and they needed to hear it clearly, that Muslims are welcome in Canada. And we also wanted to take the opportunity to make it clear to our prime minister and to our political representatives that we need to have less rhetoric and more action. And there's a lot of things 
that we need to think about when it pertains to our own policies here in Canada. Like, for example, Bill C-51 is one piece of legislation that is not problematic, but it's symbolic. Yeah. So um, it, it was a great turnout, and the participation was better than I have expected. And uh, hopefully if you folks are part of the event uh, Facebook page, you'll see all the videos and pictures that come out. But I just want to say that this is the start of a movement, and we're going to make sure that we win, because we will win. Well said. You mentioned that, at least from uh, politicians, you want to see more action and less rhetoric. What about people who aren't in government, people who participated in the Day of Action today, people listening and watching and in this room right now? What would you like to see people who care about this cause do uh, going forward? Be an ally. You know, in our event Facebook page, we posted material on how to be an ally. Um, don't be a bystander. Um, I was given the opportunity to speak at the vigil at UFT, and a couple of people spoke to me afterwards because it spoke to what their experiences were on social media. We all know some people who will say some problematic things, some things that could be considered hateful, and our instinct is to not engage. Our instinct is not to get involved because we don't want negativity around us, right? We can't do that anymore. We need to have those tough conversations with those individuals that might not see the world the way we do. Right. And that takes courage. And I want to invite you folks to a movement where you'll receive that support. Because if we don't act now, then when? Will it be when bigotry is legislated? One of the key moments, I think, in the parade was when we had Susan West. She was a Holocaust survivor, and she was right there. And actually, was talking to two of uh, two young Somali Canadians who, when I was driving, dropping them off, and they were talking to me about how not just relevant but recent it is. It wasn't too long ago that the Holocaust happened, and we we're seeing the same signs. And we need to do whatever it takes to make sure that we educate others, we get civically engaged, we call out politicians that are focused on hate when it comes to their rhetoric. You know, you all heard about uh, some, one of the candidates basically on the day of the funeral. Let that sink in. On the day of the funeral, post something on Twitter about shooting a semi-automatic weapon. I was disgusted. I was so upset. What was the reaction from the political elite? Oh, we don't want to engage. It's, it's just distasteful. No. People like that should not be running for office. That's ridiculous. We need to do more by holding people accountable. And it starts with us holding our friends accountable, holding the people that are close to us accountable, inviting them to a movement that's all about inclusivity and about love and less hate. We, and we also need to examine what we're doing. What we're doing as Canadians to push back against this rhetoric because it's spreading. Yes, it is. You mentioned that uh, there's a Facebook page for the event today. Leaving this room today, people listening, where can we go to learn more about how uh, we can get involved? Is there a place online? Yep, so uh, I just gotta say that this was pulled out really quickly, mm -hmm. organically. And in a week, we had over well, more than 150, more than 150 organizations endorse the Day of Action. More, and more are just endorsing it as they come. They want to be part of this broad coalition. And we want each one of you to be part of that coalition. We want you to be vigilant, and that means be getting involved. So go on the event page on Facebook. I think there's over 7,000 people that confirmed Pay attention to the messages. We're going to be out there getting uh, the information out about opportunities for your involvement, but you don't have to wait for us. We had the elementary teachers, for, teachers, elementary teachers, I think the most awesome people ever, right? Just organize their union, and they were like, we can give you folks $5,000 to help with the expenses. 
They passed a motion. They got organized. We had the Canadian Union postal workers get organized to endorse a motion. We had Greenpeace meet up and endorse the. We had people from all walks of life messages and say, I want to volunteer. I want to help. I want to, I want to do something. So let's start by taking a couple of steps back and educating ourselves on what it means to be a good ally and then engaging in the long-term work that is important to push back against hate and Islamophobia. But it's also about white supremacy. What happened in Quebec City, the vile attack that this, I have, sorry, I have a friend who lost uh, his really close friend in that shooting. And, you know, he actually came to speak uh, at the action today. And it's, it's unfortunate that it has to hit home. It has to be something that folks sometimes don't empathize unless it's close to home. Yeah. We, need, we need to make sure that people understand that we're all part of one family, the human family. Hurt, violence that affects some of us, affects all of us. So I think it's important for us to start looking at our neighbors a bit differently. Start engaging folks a bit differently, especially people that do not look like you, who do not believe the way you do, because if we don't do that now, then when? I agree. Well, on behalf of everyone here, Waleed, thank you so much for your efforts, and thanks to everyone who organized today. Thank you for having me today, and I hope you folks have a lovely night, and we hope to see you either in the streets or in your workplace or in whatever you're organizing, but let's organize, let's educate, let's understand what being an, a good ally is, and let's be vigilant because if 43,000 people in Quebec City can join a secret white supremacy group, as reported by the CBC in December 2016, and they have the courage to form a political advocacy organization, we need to demonstrate the same level of courage yeah. to organize as well. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to take a, a quick break, and uh, Elkon will be joining us for a conversation after the break. We have a, a wonderful show for you tonight. And uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, one more time for Walid Kogali. We'll be back in a moment. Thank you. The Bookshelf is an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, movie theater, and restaurant located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, Ontario. More information about The Bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, accessibility, and to order books from their online store from anywhere in the world, please visit bookshelf.ca. We're, uh, we're back on Long Night, back on Long Night. Our first guests tonight are in a band who recently released one of the finest records of 2016. It's called Moon Milk, and they're here tonight to tell us more about it. So how about a nice welcome for Lisa Conway and Andrew Collins of Elcon. All right. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Vish. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Good, good. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. It's nice to have you here. Now, you guys used to live in Toronto, but now you don't. Where do you live? We live, <laughs> we live on the way to the Bruce Peninsula, just in the sticks in Gray County. This is a little um, vague. Yeah. It's like you're hiding it's, something. It's about half an hour south of Owen Sound, if anybody knows where that city an is. An hour north of Guelph. Anyone from Owen Sound here tonight? Wow. Look at that, there you go. And what's that like? I mean, you lived in the big city, now you're in... Owen Sound is significantly slower than Toronto, I believe. Yes. Yes. And um, <laughs> I, am, I grew up in rural northern BC, so oh. I have... Uh, yeah, it's, it's different, but it's familiar. 
Okay. Returning to the country. And you guys have like a studio. This came up on the on the last time we did Long Night at Long Winter. Uh, Jordy and Evan Gordon were here of the Magic, and they talked about how they spent New Year's. Or Jordy said he spent New Year's Eve at your studio, and he played keyboards and went tobogganing, and it was a really good time. What's the name of your studio? Um, our studio is called Wildlife Sanctuary Sound, but it actually was born in Toronto. Uh, it was a name that I gave an uh, apartment that we lived in Parkdale um, that had cockroaches, uh, mice, fleas, and bedbugs all at once. Whoa. So I started calling it the Wildlife Sanctuary to kind of make myself feel better. Um. We, kept a, we kept a running tally of all the wildlife that we found in and around the apartment on the fridge. Oh, I see. As a way so of we coping. Kind of ticking off cockroach. Uh, I, I don't know how many. That's vile. That's disgusting. Were you, were you clean? Are you clean people or were they uh, attracted to you? I, I'd like to blame the previous tenant. Or Looking we, like you were right going to blame never the previous them. tenant. <laughs> you look a little wild. You look like you live in a wildlife sanctuary, if I might say. Um. <laughs> How do you respond to an insult? I don't know. I don't know. What about your new place? Because it's a, a our, in... our new place is currently cockroach-free. We have oh, okay. two cats. Two cats, um, and that's about it. And maybe a black bear in our backyard. Maybe but, a yeah, black we, bear. We we heard her once when we were taking a walk and her baby. I'm, I'm sorry, you started with cats. Yes. Do you have any wild animals? We have some cats. And a black bear. <laughs> you really have a black bear in your backyard, for we, real? Yes. We don't have visual confirmation on that, but we, we had a sonic experience. <laughs> what is, can you uh, emulate that for us? What did it sound like when there was a black bear? Um, well, the baby bears, they kind of sound like, like, uh, like toddlers. So we heard the sound that was kind of like a toddler running through the woods. <laughs> you, you guys have all heard toddlers sure? running through the woods? It sounded I, a lot like that. I've never heard a toddler run through the woods. I don't know what that sounds like. I usually make sure my toddlers don't run in the woods by themselves. Uh, that's amazing that you, and you're and fine. And then we heard crashing, like a monster. It sounded like sounds a like a toddler to me, Yeah. based on my experience. Well, that sounds scary, frankly. You guys aren't scared living with the bears? Toddler bears. Toddler bears. Sorry, they're, they're, they're just, they want to watch Paw Patrol and just get on with their days, is that? I don't think black bears really have a reputation as being killers, so. No, but still, they're. She hasn't booked any studio time with us yet, so. <laughs> you don't know if, if the black bear's a diva in the yeah, studio. I don't know. So that's your main criteria. Okay, well, that's, that's kind of frightening to me. Now, your record is called uh, Moon Milk. I have a copy of it right here. Look at this. This is a great record. It came out uh, when, in the uh, fall? October, yeah. October, it's wonderful. And the, the title appeals to me because uh, moon milk. There's lots of milk. There's soy milk. If you're a toddler, you like breast milk. Uh, what is this moon milk all about? What does this mean? Where do you get moon milk from? So moon milk is an actual thing. It's found in caves, and uh, I think it's like a mineral deposit, like calcite. But that moon milk refers to, the record is based on a collection of short stories by Italo Calvino. They're science fiction stories, and in one of the stories, the characters are collecting a cream cheese-like substance called moon milk, which they, I think it's made out of things that float from the, the earth and the moon are very close together in the story, so it's a bunch of just stuff that floats up to the moon that they have to filter out and they are harvesting it and I don't know why. Is it weird for you <laughs> is it weird for you to talk about moon milk? You seemed slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I'm just I can't remember why why that appealed to you. It's No, no, I I know why the title appealed to me. It's right. just like this imaginary magical substance. Are you that... otherwise obsessed with the moon? Um I guess <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with the moon, but I like space, just like anyone else does, I guess. <laughs> Any fans of space in the audience? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds delicious. I actually, I, I want to have a glass of creamy cheese moon milk, <laughs> maybe. 
it sounds sort of, have you, do you, what kind of milk do you, do you drink milk? Do you consume milk otherwise? I don't want to obsess on the milk, but I'm just, the fact that you've conjured Bear this, milk. Bear milk? Yeah. Oh, that's why the toddlers are screaming. Okay. Now you two have worked together in different configurations uh, before. Uh, this uh, is, Elkon's a band, right? There's other people in the band. Yes. But yeah. is it primarily you and Andrew? Um, I guess it's mostly me. Um, yeah, I... Why are you on stage, Andrew? <laughs> Moral support. <laughs> I, I decided not to talk into the microphone from this point forward. No, 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 please. And, I don't mean Andrew to is on, No, Andrew was a big part of this record, and this record is actually the first official thing that we've made together. Right. I guess Elkon is kind of, I'm the ship's captain, but it involves a rotating cast of friends. Sure, that's, that makes sense. Andrew's a very, uh, does anyone know Andrew's work? Skeletons 4 and a whole bunch of great stuff. Fantastic musician. I don't, I'm sorry, they're clapping, they know. They weren't, they, they, they know, you're great. You're a fantastic musician. What is it like to work with Lisa on, on Elkon stuff? Uh, it's, it's great, it's great to have somebody with the, more of a vision, I think, than I've ever had. <laughs> you, oh, I'm bossy, is what he said. <laughs> no, I think so it's good to have focus, because Andrew is an ideas guy. He's got lots of ideas, so you, mm -hmm. you focus the ideas. That's great. That's good. Now, uh, we are, uh, one of the running themes of tonight's show is uh, awards and prizes. We're going to be talking about the Oscar Awards and the Film Awards a bit later on the show. Have you two ever won or been nominated for any awards or prizes? ever in your life? I'm curious. You seem like you would have won a lot of awards. I can see, I bet you've won some athletic awards, Andrew. Uh, most improved player. Most improved player. What sport? Hockey. Same here. I was the most improved player in my first year of minor hockey. How old were you? Um, I think I might have been 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, don't, I don't know. Now, for me, initially I was really flattered, but as the years have gone by, I'm increasingly more insulted about winning that award. When I started that, that hockey season, I couldn't even skate, so I was basically, like, <laughs> crashing into people in order to stop. <laughs> so it was, a, it was clear to me from the beginning that I... <laughs> If I had known that that award existed when right. I started, that I would be the winner. So of that no award. matter what happened, really, you were bound to be the most improved player by the end of the season. That's right. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. That's good. What about you, Lisa? Ever win anything? I got the computer award in grade eight. The computer award? Yes. <laughs> what does that mean? What did you? Um, I made a web page and it had scrolling marquee that was colored. Okay. And I also got, I won goat judging actually at the fall fair. You were, you were the best goat judge? Yes. <laughs> who? There's an award for that? Yes. Who, who judges the best goat judge? The goats? Is it the goats? I don't it's know, probably I the goats, right? Yeah. The goats or, are like, I like that, that one. That one's good. She, she had a lot of spiteful comments. Get her an award. She is so good at judging us. That is weird. How did you win that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just did. I think it, it had to do with 4-H somehow. What? It had to do with 4-H? Yeah. Okay, but you really have no conception as to why you might have been the recipient of an award judging because goats? Because they did the best. How much goat Judge judging me. had you done previously that you were, were you like at the top of the goat judging game? I think, so. well, my mother raised goats. She had a grand champion goat, so. Oh, it's in your lineage. Yeah, she's Swiss, so okay. it's, I'm basically like Heidi's daughter. Okay. Um, so it kind of makes sense, I guess, but... Has anyone ever referred to you as a so-called goat judge? <laughs> not yet, not until today. <laughs> Maybe turn on that snare for that. Uh, so, wow, that's amazing, congratulations. I didn't Thank know you. I was in the presence of a, of a, a so-called goat judge, that's amazing. Um, well, that's good, I think. Uh, have you ever had any uh, goat milk? Because you have the yes. moon milk. Yeah, yeah? I have. Uh, how is it? It's good. It's, um, it's less goady when it's fresh. It's less goady when sense. it's fresh. <laughs> That's just, That's just the kind of judging that won her best goat judge. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, congratulations on that. What's next for Elcon? I'm working on a trio of EPs slowly uh -huh. and I think we just got a pump organ that Andrew found on Kijiji so I think 
That might this be is, part of it. You, you found a pump organ on Kijiji, did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah? What, is that good? So is it, it might only be pump organ, I don't know. The whole thing? Maybe, I don't know. This Sounds is, good. So. I mean, for people, that you guys are playing here tonight at Long Winter. For those yes. who may not know Elcon, anything to uh, brace them with besides your goat judginess? <laughs> is there anything about the, the band that you want to share? Uh, Jordan's playing more guitar solos. Okay, that's and good. And they're getting louder. Yeah, that's what he does. Mm -hmm. That's a problem he has. I know Jordan, I play with him, and the volume just goes up and up and up. But the people like it, so... Some of the people like it, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I think some of the people like it. All right, well, where can people learn more about Elcon? Uh, all over the internet, Can I you guess? be more specific? <laughs> um, www.lisaconwaymakesthings.com and then, I don't know, Facebook, all that stuff. I almost get the impression you don't want us to go to that website. You can. Yeah. It's nice. It's yes. a nice web. I made it myself with Squarespace, actually. <laughs> right, because of your computer award. Yes. That time you won yeah. the award for knowing how to use the computer. Okay, well, you guys are playing here tonight. Alcon's amazing. Here's the new record, Moon Milk. And uh, we got to take a quick break. Ali Hassan's going to be up next to do some stand-up. Uh, from, uh, I believe, some material from his uh, current tour, Muslim Interrupted, and uh, that's coming up next. But as I say, I'm being told we have to take a break. So ladies and gentlemen, please say uh, goodbye and thank you to Elcon, and stick around. Thank you. Promotional Consideration is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerotti, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread, Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph, Ontario or trocaderoguelph.ca on the internet. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Hello, hey, we're back. We're back on Long Night. Thank you for being here. Our next guest is the host of CBC Radio's Laugh Out Loud and also will be commandeering the network's Canada Reads broadcast in 2017. He's also a seasoned stand-up comedian touring behind his latest show, Muslim Interrupted. We're happy he's joining us tonight, so how about a warm ovation for Ali Hassan, everyone. <laughs> This woman is killing it. You're just doing such a good job. You're infectious. You're all doing well. The band, even Beach has done well, but that is fantastic. That's great work. And I'm sorry to be shitting all over all the effort you've, you've gone through now by, by talking to you about the most un-Islamic thing that's ever happened to me. Um, just given what day it is, I feel this is appropriate. The, the most un-Islamic thing that I've ever been through uh, happened just last year. It happened in the summer. And I got an email from Toronto Ribfest. And uh, Toronto Ribfest asked me, Ali Hassan, if I would want to be a celebrity judge at Toronto Ribfest. I mean, like Toronto Ribfest, just doing no research on Ali Hassan or on Islam or on religion in general, really. Just provocatively sending out emails. I said yes. I said yes immediately. I'll tell you what. I look, this is the way I've decided to live my life. I don't eat ribs often, but when I do, it's at Rib Fest. I think that's a good. I'm like the Dos Equis guy, but really focused on pork. Good day. It's a good day. Emotional roller coaster of a day. I think because you get there, and I'm I've never done this. I'm excited. There's a, an NHL player there. There's Olympians, and I'm pumped. And I think the organizer saw that, and she needed to temper that a bit. She was like, Ali, listen, I'm. I'm just going to tell you, uh, we have 16 competitors this year. That is at least 16 ribs coming your way. We recommend a rib comes to you, just tear off a little bit of the meat and, and then mark down a score, pass it on. Don't eat all the meat. And I was like, don't you fucking tell me what to do, all right? It's the pinnacle of my career right here. What are you talking about? Of course I'm going to. I should have listened. I totally should have listened. By the seventh rib, I was like, this is why this is banned in my religion. I did not feel good. Powered through. Powered through. I made it work. I went to 16 and I felt good. That was an accomplishment for me. Also, now I have this nice bond with my more religious Muslim friends. 
Because they're like, we judge pork. And I'm like, me too, I judge pork. Did you see me? <laughs> On stage with a pen and pencil. There was categories and stuff. Anyway. This is... <laughs> I'm really happy not to be following Walid. That's the last thing. It was an incredible day of action. And I'm like, I love pork! It feels like a mismatch. It doesn't feel like... I should have been coming off immediately after that. So thank you, Elcon, for bracing, creating a buffer. It is an amazing thing, though. I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad about it. I'm, I'm honored to be part of this. The National Day of Action Against Islamophobia and White Supremacy. Great thing. We could shrink down the name, though. We could maybe for next year, we could tighten that up a little bit. That's, that's a mouthful. And also, if I say to you guys, Happy National Day of Action Against Islamophobia and white supremacy, and somebody goes, Woo! I'm like, wait, which part were you cheering for? Because there's some trigger words in there. There's some bad shit happening in that title. So we can just tighten that up. Also, that, I mean, I'm, I'm so happy it exists, but I think we need more than a day. We need, we need like eight months. Things are not going well from us. We need a long time. We don't, like, not to, yeah, why don't, yes. Let's clap for how bad things are. I guess that's one way to do it. But we do need, I mean, a day. You can't even scrub off your fuck Islam tattoo from your neck in one day. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a lot of time. You didn't like that? The art installation liked it. The art installation got what I was saying. Uh, <laughs> boom. It just sounds like a low boo all the time from the other room. Mm. Just sounds like my mother at a comedy show, just groaning. A lot of this is exaggeration. That's what my mother says at comedy shows. It's a 100% quote. Uh, anyway, I'm going to wrap up with this one thing. I just, I'm, I am really happy to be there. Be here. Vish, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited. I didn't, know, I didn't know people would come. I'm always concerned about that. On the weekends in Toronto, I'm always like, no one's going to come. Everyone's going to be at the cottage. You know, that's, that's how weekends are around here. Does anybody, does anybody have cottages? Do you guys have cottages? No. <laughs> You're the bad ones. Um, that's all right. I don't, don't feel bad about that. I don't have a cottage. I don't, I'll, I'll probably never have a cottage. Not because I don't want to, but just because that's a dick move for a guy like me to have a cottage. You know what I mean? That's not... Guys, we all know... We're all adults here. We can just say it out loud. The cottage... We all know this. The cottage is where white people go for two measly days a week to get away from ethnic people. We know that, come on, I've been. I know when I'm not 100% wanted somewhere. It's, uh, it's awkward. Then, you, then I go and buy a cottage, that's a dick move. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that to white people. And I wouldn't, I would never do that. That's not, I'm ruining somebody's day. That's, uh, my friends have cottages that have been passed down generation to generation. They go there for deep breathing exercises on a Saturday morning, and then one morning, <coughs> is that kebab? Who's grilling kebab? And it's me, shirtless, outside. They don't need that. They don't need that. Me and my Muslim family hanging outside, new neighbors. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you. Then, you, then people have all kinds of new questions they've never asked at the cottage, you know? They're like, oh God, should we have him over? I don't... Is it Ramadan? I don't know if it's Ramadan. I don't have their calendar. I don't know. Do you say Happy Ramadan or Merry Ramadan? Which one is it? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I don't... Is Paki still a bad word? I don't know if... It is. It really is. I'll, I'll end that on a serious note. It is. Actually, the serious note is this. Kebabs are delicious. Let's really... Let's get focused on that. Yes, that deserves a pause, too. My, 
My genuine feeling is and always has been that uh, racism can be cured uh, through food. I really feel that way. All you have had to have, you, you could have had the uh, most racist upbringing, but you had one Lebanese Muslim friend named Omar and his mother fed you once when you were eight. You don't have that racist issue anymore. It just kind of dissolves. So meet a Muslim, hug a Muslim, and, and, and get them to cook for you. I know that that's gonna be a little weird. Um, yeah. Not me, because my mother has uh, rheumatoid arthritis. She won't be able to cook for you, but uh, somebody, somebody's mother will cook for you and, and that will help cure this. But thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for a nice warm welcome. One more time for Ali Hassan, everyone. Thank you, Ali. Very nice. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna chat with Ali. Stick around. Thank you very much. Next time you're in Guelph, try Planet Bean Freshly Roasted Fair Trade Certified Organic Coffee. Planet Bean has three cafes in Guelph serving all kinds of excellent coffee beverages created by their highly skilled team of baristas. Fresh roasted coffee beans are also available. It's also a wholesale business which supplies cafes, restaurants, gourmet, and specialty grocers, businesses, churches, universities, and schools all around Ontario. Planet Bean Coffee is a division of the Sumac Community Worker Cooperative. They care about amazing things, and they make the best coffee in the world. Learn more about them at planetbeancoffee.com. Hey. Not bad. Hey, we're back. Welcome. Welcome back to Long Night. How about another round of applause for Ali Hassan, everyone? Ali? Thanks for being on our show. That was very funny. I uh, have come into a situation where my uh, wife uh, from Edmonton, uh, her friends let us rent a cottage, and uh, I am weirded up by it, because I, I got to go to a cottage 10 years ago, and then I was banished from the cottage. Uh, just being me, probably. I, I, don't, I don't think it was all racist, but... You know, it was, I think I was an outsider. I'm, sure. Yeah, so I, but now I go and we go, we go for like a week or something and I can tell people are uncomfortable with me and my kids. They don't know what my kids are, you know? Cause I've got the mixed kids. They're not, is that the right term? I, they're your kids, you call yeah, them whatever yeah, you I want. Know, I mean, yeah. I don't know I what the right- I think they're mixed up and people are just kind of looking, they're like, what is that, what's going on there? So yeah. I totally empathize There's with There's a them. self thing too, where you, you also, as a child, a child of immigrants, you're like, I don't know, my parents came all the way here to move to a big city and now I'm going to a cottage? This feels like I'm betraying them in some way. A little like bit. I should stay in the city that they came to. Yeah, like Why do I need to go back to like no running water and stuff? That's what they were running from, right? Exactly, that's, yeah. that's why my, my parents family. always used to say India was the best and then I'd say, well, if India's the best, why'd you move here? They said, better standard of life. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Which one's better? You gotta pick the better one. Yeah, yeah. Where are you from? Where's your family from? Uh, Pakistan, originally. Uh, then Leeds, then New Brunswick, where I was born, and then Montreal most of my life, and now Toronto. Pretty normal trajectory then? Absolutely, a cliche. The old Pakistan, New Brunswick, Montreal, Toronto story. You've heard it a million times. <laughs> Those French-speaking Pakistanis, they're a dime a dozen, absolutely. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange and great day on many levels, but mm. it's a strange time. Uh, I'm curious, what's your perspective on President Steve Bannon's attack on Islam and his provocation of uh, militant terrorists. Uh, what is your take on that amazing thing that's going on? I mean, I guess it's not a surprise. It's a surprise that, you know, so for so many of us, a lot of people will lie and be like, I saw this coming. You didn't see it. If you saw it coming, you didn't tell us. I'll tell you that much. But yeah. uh, most people, you know, on the, on the left anyway, didn't see this coming. So Trump is a surprise, but Steve Bannon his views are not a surprise. If you ever read no, exactly, Breitbart, yeah. Bright, Breitbart? Bright, I, don't, I don't really, I'm not gonna take Bright the time Bart. to learn. Bright, yeah. Breitbart. Uh, it's not too much of a surprise. I mean, this is very much in line with who he is and, and how he's made money his entire life is stoking the flames of, uh, of racism, Islamophobia, yeah. um, misogyny. Yeah, he's a, he's a real piece of work. And one of the things that people like he and other people like him are really adept at doing is tapping into older white people's uh, belief in stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, because older white people, and I'm, a, I don't, I'm, if, is there anyone old and white here? 
Well, this guy, but also... Oh, yeah, um, James. But also, I don't mean to offend you. Most but, of my right. CBC fans are old and white, so just watch yourself a little bit. Oh. Right? I don't know who's going to listen to this. Right, no, they're not going to When I come to, to Guelph, it's all people over 60, a lot of canes and hip replacement surgeries. Those are my fans. Those are, my, those are the people. Yeah, and, yeah. and all I'm saying is they are, these people like Bannon have really figured those people out, yeah. like as a lump. Like they're not, I mean, no one is, we're all the same. I just want to say that. We're all the same, uh, except that some of us are different. And wow. these, some of these people just, they can't let go of their perception of people like, say, you and me. Man, I, there's, a, there's a comedian, I won't name him, he doesn't need to be ashamed that way, but, but he's an older guy, he's been doing comedy at least 25 years, and he lives in Burlington, Ontario, and he, he seemed like the most reasonable guy. A lot of us looked up to him. His, uh, his merchandising game was top-notch, uh -huh. like selling merch after his comedy shows, it was terrific. And recently, you know, this is before Trump's election, he was talking about there was gonna be a mosque built in Burlington, and he started talking about, this is how it starts, they build a mosque, and next thing you know, Burlington is gonna be run by Sharia law, and I was like, what? You, buddy, what happened? What are you, right. what are they smoking in Burlington? How is this happening? Where's there an example of that anywhere in North America where a town or a village is being run by Sharia law, and we can look to that example yeah. and be like, let's worry. There's nothing, so I don't. So do you think that people like this comedian are tapping into a, gro a market that they didn't realize was there? No, of I don't. Of racists, I, I think he's just genuinely scared. I don't think he's trying. I, I think he's he's scared. He's uh, his fears have been uh, lit, and he is uh, he's just spreading yeah. more of the fear. And he's like, "You guys get it, right? You get it. Like we all get this, and, right. and some people do." And now there's people in powerful positions who are able to stoke that yeah. as well. Have you have you experienced any racism in Canada? I've experienced plenty. Thank you for asking. I yes. just. It's, it's, it's so hard to pick a, a favorite, but I've got a, I've got a few. Yeah, uh, I, I was just hoping a highlight reel of some kind. Or well, I have a, I have a racist experience, experience where, like I talk about this on stage, where I, I felt dumber than the racist guy in the incident, and that doesn't happen very often. I was, uh, I was 16, I was in Cambridge, Ontario. Hey, where you, that's where I'm from. Sorry about all that. Oh. Anyway, uh, it, my is that really where you're from? Yeah. So my cousin grew up there his whole life. So we would go from Montreal a couple times a year to, to Cambridge. So I'm visiting my cousin, and we have another cousin visiting from the U.S., and they are like, uh, you know, we're, we're three Pakistani boys. What are we going to do? Get drunk. That's the, that old cliche, right? So we are going to go get drunk. Now, I've been buying booze in Quebec since I was 13, probably. So I thought it was very easy. I'd never experienced the LCBO. 13? Yeah, Quebec, as long as your chin goes over the counter, you know, and you go, c'est pour ma mama, that's it. Like, the guy doesn't care. <laughs> Nobody, in the 80s, you did not get carded at all in Quebec. True story. Uh, and even in bars, at 16, we were in few, a few bars, which were just like, we just want your money. We don't care about anything okay. else. Okay, interesting. So this LCBO thing was new, and I looked the oldest out of all my cousins, and so they were like, go in and get us something. And I, you know, they're hiding behind a dumpster watching me inside the LCBO, and I'm in there, and I see these signs, you know, you will be prosecuted if you do not have ID, this, you know, must be over 19. And I was panicking. I'd never seen signs like this, and I start freaking out, I see them behind the dumpster just going like this, and then I, I, I just grab a bottle and I put it on the counter and I, I get away with it. She charges me and I'm like, amazing. But it was a one liter bottle of Kahlua. Anyway, that's not the racism, but, uh, but I, we, got, we had to go get drunk on a liter of Kahlua in a park in Cambridge. Um, I hope we didn't soil the backyard of your home, but uh, we, were, we were there in a park. Anyway, I hope so too. I'm a huge, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan, much less so now. I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan. And, uh, and we're drunk and we're walking in the streets of, uh, of Cambridge, Ontario. Um, just on the sidewalk, nothing. But... Anyway, late night and uh, this car rips by and there was a Guns N' Roses song called One in a Million. And oh one of no, the that's a racist Immigrants song. and Faggots. That's yeah, a line that's a from the song. So somebody racist, homophobic yells out of the car, Immigrants and Faggots. And this is my reaction. I'm just walking along with my head down, and then I go, they make no sense to me. I was like, oh shit, what am I doing? That's racism, I can't, what am I doing? And I look back at my cousins, and they're just like, you idiot, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Did you think the, the guy in the Camaro wanted to have a drive-by duet? Is that what you thought was going to 
I'm so sorry. I don't know. That's the weird. I'm a little slow on racism. That's, that's a weird kumbaya moment, if I is, might say. It is. I mean, it's a beautiful moment because I don't like racism is my second thing. I'm not. I wasn't on guard. Like everything is racist. It was like another Guns N' Roses fan. That's not at all what was happening. <laughs> What is uh, coming up next for you? Well, I'm touring the show, as you'd mentioned, Muslim Interrupted, and I'm, I'm so thrilled by the response to this show. Um, I just did a few, uh, a tour at Edmonton, Sherwood Park, which you must know of, Yeah, right? that's where my, this is okay, weird, you're just right. hitting all my spots. All your spots. That's where uh, my, my, my wife's uh, family is from. Yeah, so you know it's a very white place, you know, and there was 130 been my white experience. people in, in the room. No? Oh, no, yeah, sorry, it yeah, is very white, course. it's extremely white. Uh, then I went to Calgary, and I was worried. It was like two, two, they wanted to do two shows in a 175-seater. I was like, I don't know if I have that pull. First show was sold out. Second show, very well attended. Saskatoon, Regina, and people tell me this is a, it's, it's entertaining, which is the goal. Uh, and then it's also an important show. And the message right. of the show is, just, you know, it's my kids asking me, are we Muslim? Yeah. Uh, are we weird? What is a registry? And I just sort of share my inability to answer any of my children's questions. Um, but I just share, you know, the message is that man, we're all the same. You know somebody like me. I yeah. know people like you. We've had shared experiences, right. and it's been wonderful. Okay, well, it's a, it's a, it sounds great. I can't wait. To, I hope I get to see this Might show. come to Guelph. You're going to come to Guelph? I think so. That's where I live. Right now we have Brantford and Brampton on lock for that, the fall. I'm sure Guelph will happen. <laughs> Good for I'm you. Sure. Yeah. Those are the hot markets. Some, some pizza place in Guelph will take us in. Why does it have to be a pizza place? Okay, a kebab hut. Whatever you sure, want. We'll I mean, figure you it out. I can, I can connect yeah, you with okay, people. Okay. Yeah, there's a nice theater there. Yeah, no, there's also it's, it's been theater. Some shawarma places. Yeah, yeah, we can figure something out. It's hard not to And if people want to learn more about you on the web, Stand Up Ali. It's Stand Up Ali.com and it's Stand Up Ali on Instagram excellent, and Twitter excellent. and all that, yeah. All right, well, we have to take another break. When we return, we're going to have a chat about movies and film award season uh, with critics uh, Tina Hassania and Mallory Andrews. How about a nice big ovation for Ali Hassan? We'll be back. Just a reminder that if you would like to sponsor the Creative Control Podcast or Simply make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. Visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash creative control. That's creative with a K, control with a K. Visit that page, patreon.com slash creative control, and make a donation or send me a note if you'd like to sponsor the show on a regular basis. We could sponsor it for four months, three months, two days, whatever you like. Just give me a shout and we can work something out. I'd love to mention you and your product or just you on the show. So consider that patreon.com slash creative control. We're back. We're back on long nights. Uh, thank you once again for being here. How are you guys doing out there? It's very nice to see you all here. It's, it's been a great show. I've been having a good time myself. I uh, want to mention something real quick. Uh, this show, Long Night, will, uh, is currently, in fact, uh, being recorded for my podcast, Creative Control. How about a, a warm ovation and a hello to the people listening on the computers. And uh, you can learn more about the show. If you go to iTunes, uh, you can subscribe to the show and rate the show and review the show and download the show. This really helps somehow uh, in making the show seem like a bigger deal than it probably is. So go to iTunes, audioboom.com as well, and more information about the show on my website, vishkana.com. So thanks for doing that. Thank you. Will, you. will you do it? Will you listen to Creative Control? Okay. I always get through the promo, but then at the end I get very desperate. It's like a consistent thing with me. It's really annoying. I hate myself and I... I'm going to try to be a better person. No, I'm just, I'm the, oh, thanks. Thank you very much. This, by the way, is the seventh episode of Long Night that we've recorded this week. No, I, I'm just telling you, we, all of us, how are you doing, James? You okay? Yeah, and bikes? Yeah, so we, we have a thing. This, is, this may surprise you. Uh, may not, because this is a TV show, but we're filming the show for like a Bell Media thing, 5 TV1. So we had to do like two episodes a night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It was really exhausting. But it went really well, and uh, pretty soon we're going to be on after Conan or something, I think. Or someone. Hopefully, yeah, it was fun. So uh, look out for that as well. 
All right, our next guests are noted film critics based here in Toronto. Tina Hassania is the author of Asghar Farhadi, Life in Cinema, and her work has appeared in the National Post, the Globe, the Globe and Mail, the Village Voice, and RogerEbert.com. Mallory Andrews is a senior editor at the Clio Journal and a contributor at uh, Movie Mezzanine, IndieWire, and other stuff as well. They also just launched a new podcast, which is going to compete directly with mine, <laughs> called, I'm going to plug it anyway, called Everything But Sports. We're excited to have them here. So please welcome Tina Hassania and Mallory Andrews. Meet you. Nice to meet you too. Did I say everything right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah, Askar Farhadi. That yeah. was. That was pretty good. You're giving me a minor pass on that. No, I think I think that's. It was good. good. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm most, most of my last name is in her last name also. I don't know. Are you worried about that too? <laughs> yeah, no, that was fine. I was I wasn't worried about that. That's true. That's a good. That's a good point. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Now Thanks we we have you on ostensibly because it's a award show season. Yes. Everybody's favorite time of year. Yes. It's exhausting <laughs> on some level, but mm -hmm. I also I think it. I, my impression is it's been a pretty good year for filmmaking, mainstream filmmaking and mainstream filmmaking business, I think. Mallory, is that accurate? Um, I would say for big budget blockbusters, not so great, critically at least, uh, but it's been a great year for independent and foreign film, especially in the second half of the year. Now again, when you say great year, do you mean because of how good the films yes. have been? Okay. How good the films have been, and I think there's also been um, uh, a lot of not just critical support, but audiences have been, co have been coming out. Like um, Moonlight has been doing gangbusters. Yeah, it's good word of mouth yeah. on, on that. And, and Tina, do you agree? Yeah, and I mean, in terms of like the business, like Disney had like a banner year. They had like a lot of, I mean, lots of people were going out and supporting movies, like Finding Dory and things like that. But right. um, but it, yeah, I, I totally agree. In terms of the, the movies that actually count, that you should go watch. Yeah. It's definitely like the smaller, more independent films. This uh, Disney company you mentioned is a, a bigger company. This was a joke. Has anybody heard of it? I was making a joke. It bombed. <laughs> but I just thought I would make a little joke. That's uh, okay. Sorry. Jeez. We're all afraid of Disney. Uh, we are. Yeah, all we, can't, we can't say anything bad about them. No. So. They, but they, with the, I saw something. I saw, was Zootopia Disney? Is that oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yep. That was pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Took my yeah. son. Fun. Yeah, did you see? You saw? Yeah, it? I did. You liked it, right? I, I laughed. Yes. I laughed. The sloths? Oh my god. That was. A, I couldn't handle it. No, couldn't handle it. Has anyone seen crying. Zootopia? The sloth scene where the, they're in the DMV. Oh my god! It's sorry. I didn't think we were going to talk about Zootopia on the show. More sloths. Uh, but yeah. uh, it's a good. It's a good scene. Now, award season tends to reveal some consensus about the top films of the year. Uh, Tina, what? to you are the standouts this year as we as we um i really love la la land and i really love i mean moonlight's pretty great um in terms of like foreign movies uh tony erdman which is this german film that was nominated is phenomenal it's my favorite film of 2016. what's the film about um so it's 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 a comedy it's three hours long it's about a father-daughter relationship and it is it is like the sloth scene in Zootopia, except it's like three hours of that, oh. of hilarity. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. That so, sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so that's a standout for you, Mallory. Do you have uh, The standout for me uh, would be, I think my number one is Patterson, which is out yeah. in Toronto next weekend. Right. Uh, that's the Jim Jarmusch movie with Adam Driver. Um, and uh, my second favorite is uh, Elle. That's the oh, yes. Paul Verhoeven L. Uh, Paul Verhoeven, I, I was surprised to see people praising a film by Paul Verhoeven. Is that, is that, am I wrong? Um, Paul Verhoeven has a, <laughs> uh, a following among film critics. He yeah, does? Say, yes. Okay. Not to get too much into it, but he's definitely seen sort of like a renaissance. Yes, yeah. because yeah. he kind of was, was he the one making kind of trashy films there for a while? Well, the long-running sort of idea of Paul Verhoeven is that Showgirls is one of the worst movies of yeah. all time, which is completely false. Oh. It's one of the best, I think. I don't. I agree with that. Yeah. Showgirls is great. Yeah, Showgirls is amazing. Why is it yeah. so amazing? Um, there's like a satirical tinge yes. to most of his movies that I think a lot of people have missed. Oh. So they go in and they're like, "Oh, this is such a bad movie. It's so trashy." Right. Without really understanding what the film's trying to say or what he's trying to say. Right. So. Okay. It's yeah. probably because of two broke girls, and then people draw a parallel. 
It's called Two Girls, this movie? Showgirls. Oh, Showgirls. Yeah, show I'm so yeah. sorry. I heard Two Girls. Forget two, everything. We're right. Two Girls. What? You, that was a weird... That was weird. All of that made no sense to me. I can't believe you've never heard of Showgirls. I heard of Showgirls. I heard Two Girls. I heard Two Girls. I'm like, ah. Because the shittiest show of all time, Two Broke Girls, sounds just yeah, like Two Girls. That's already going to be some negative... I don't know Can why. You, you did not need just, to give me a mic. I know. Just stop... Promoting two broke girls. You said it like 55 times. It's not. By the way, but Ali and James, I, I want to hear from you too. Like Ali, did you have a favorite film? I just saw La La Land, and uh, apparently the most contentious thing I've ever said to my friends who are comedians is that I love that movie. I want to see that movie once a year for the rest. They of the didn't. Movie. They thought it was too schmaltzy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's so weird because so so many of them are actors, and they know that life, that that auditioning life, that is portrayed so. Whimsically, but right. so it's, it's such great. So did humor. they like not like? Did they think that it was in? I think a lot of these like, guys. It it's just it's home? a musical. And maybe that's an issue too. Mm. Pettiness. They're petty. The comedians they're petty. are often very yeah. petty, right? Yeah, no, they, absolutely. They're angry at everyone's success. I'm yeah. generalizing, yeah. of course. Yeah, no, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I think it, it hit too close to home. Mallory is probably a very good point. But also, I think just oh, it's a musical, therefore it sucks. I think there's also that. Right, people. Which that, I don't, I don't think musicals are an acquired taste still. Yeah, at some level. I'm not actually a big musicals fan, but I love me some La La Land. Oh, good. So you're very I, emphatic. And I yeah. am a big musicals fan, but I'm not so hot on La La Land. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! You didn't yeah. see yourself out, Mallory. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Why? Just, I think, um, story-wise, it's very plotty. Like, it, it, and it's That's sort what of, the story has a plot. The story has a plot. What I, what I mean by that is... This is this like the too goatee thing with El yeah, Conor? Too, <laughs> too, too plotty. plotty. Yeah. Too, uh, uh, rather than sort of being focused on a natural progression of the characters, it sort of pushes the characters to places that it needs to go plot-wise right. without it feeling like very oh. believable, which or is a funny thing to say about a musical, but like there still needs to be a backbone yeah, that you sure. believe. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. what I've always said about Two Broke Girls. It's the same <laughs> critique I have. For the love of God, please. James. Yes. You're a, you used to be a film guy. Yeah. And now you're more of a... Now all the best films are being broadcast in chunks on my TV. Is that right? Yes. T you mean TV shows? Or do That's you a, what they call them. Is something wrong with your... I just thought maybe something was wrong with your delivery service. Like, uh, I try to watch the movie, but it's just chunks, and I hit the TV, and then it doesn't fix itself. Did you guys know that dial-up is terrible? <laughs> no, but I... I... <laughs> Take it easy, brother. That's that not good. even, that's not like even that. my A material. Well, that's right just, off the top. I like, like that. It was good. I'm sorry uh, I laughed at your joke now. Anyway, James... No, I, I, I think that what's happened is, like, uh, the... Essentially, the middle class of filmmaking has disappeared, oh, yeah. and mm. talent-wise and idea-wise, I think a lot of that has moved to television. And ironically, uh, my favorite film of the year, uh, which the filmmaker considers a film and could potentially uh, qualify for film awards, is uh, O.J. Made in America, yeah. which aired yeah. on television. Has anyone seen O.J. Made in America? These guys probably haven't, because they have the no sports. Yeah, you have the No Sports Podcast. So. I, I've seen it. Um, I actually watched it at Hot Docs all in one go in wow. a theater. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's uh, five, that's a five-hour thing, isn't it? No, I think it's eight. Eight? It's, it's eight, well, eight. We, we watched it with um, half-hour breaks in between every two episodes, so it was like a nine-hour like Ooh, or, wow. ordeal. Um, wait, wait, wait a minute. You called the film an ordeal. That's not good. The experience <laughs> of sitting in the theater sure. was an ordeal. Uh, the film itself, I think, is phenomenal. It's 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 one of the like, greatest things I've ever seen in my life, honestly. I, I and it's think nominated I, for an Academy Award. It is nominated for an Academy Award because it had a qualifying run in New York theatrically, which is sort of how they're sort of pushing it through. Right. Um, but I think those barriers are breaking down as to like what's film, what's mm -hmm. TV. Um, lemonade. Even, yeah, Lemonade is a good is, example yeah. of that. Like the Beyonce, Beyonce thing? Yes. Man, Beyonce just gets away with anything. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I don't yeah. know how she, well, I guess I do know how she did. She's just good. And she's now she's invented twins? I mean, she's just <laughs> innovating. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how she did that. That's an amazing thing. And did you like the OJ movie? Um, I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't seen but, it. It's, it's, yeah, because, you know, the everything but sports is really That's mostly you? Me. You're yeah. not a sports fan. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. After, we're running out of time, I'm being told, so I want to get to as much as I can. Uh, Oscar so white controversies of the past yeah. few years. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who don't know, I mean, I think it's right in the thing, in the hashtag. <laughs> the Oscars have been so white, and they haven't been nominating uh, diverse uh, actors and actresses and, and filmmakers. Uh, the Academy actually responded to this and tried to make some changes, and this year, 
there's a feeling that there are more diverse nominees. You two follow film more closely. What do you think is uh, Did we solve on? racism? Is that what you're asking? I'm asking if we solved racism and can stop talking about it, but no, I, I'm not saying <laughs> that. No, do you think that what the Academy did has, has had an impact on how uh, the nominations uh, went down this year? I mean, I, I think to some degree there's, there's progress. Mm -hmm. There's always the idea that definitely this year there were more uh, nominations for people who are of color, um, and I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a very stark contrast from years past. But uh, there's always room to do more. There's always room to, you know, include people from, you know, other minorities, um, include uh, people who are disabled, you know, things like that. Yeah. So I think the idea that if you're supporting the Oscars being this very diverse, um, progressive thing, that, you know, there, sh there should always be the idea that there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Um, and there's also the, the idea that, you know, maybe next year, it, it'll be back to tons of white people being nominated again. Yeah, that's we usually just, what white people do. They yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think um, you got rid of them? <laughs> I, I think it's also important to think that um, the Oscars are sort of like a like a snapshot or a yearbook of the year that's passed. Mm -hmm. So they can only be as diverse as the films are. Yeah, but but it was a strong cohort of films. There yes, was, yes, exactly. Uh, very strong cohort of films, and uh, Oscar. Uh, whoever wins an Oscar. T that tends to determine who gets the high-profile jobs next, yeah. which is why it's important to sort of have this Oscar so white conversation mm -hmm. right. and to promote uh, more diverse nominees. Yeah. Well, as I say, I don't even know where my stage person went, but we're out of time as far as I know. We were so out of time that my stage manager left. <laughs> she's, she's like, you're out of time, and then she just She has split. another job. I don't know where she, she's probably stage managing. Anyway, uh, very quickly, uh, and we'll do this across the panel since we seem to have a... Ollie knows a lot about Two Broke Girls, so he clearly he can contribute <laughs> to the conversation, but... Big winners uh, coming up. Uh, we kind of know, because the award season's on, where, where we're leaning yeah. uh, in terms of the Oscars. What do you think is the big film? Like, what film's going to walk away with the most wins, Tina? I think it's obviously going to be La La Land. I think a lot of people in the Academy, because, you know, it hits close to home, but I think in a good way. I think a lot of people in it's Hollywood are going to be like, film about the oh, industry, right? It's about yeah. us, yeah. right? So there, I, I, think, I think that's going to be number one. Okay. Yeah, regardless of my feelings about it, it's going to be La La Land. If not that, then Moonlight, possibly, yeah. but I think La La Land is the safe bet. Do you think that the political discourse around Oscar So White and, and obviously the the current cultural climate is going to impact voters? I think there's a very good chance that Barry Jenkins could win mm -hmm. Best Director. But he'd be the youngest director ever, I think. Close to it. Pretty, I think he would. I think he'd be the yeah? youngest. Yeah, okay. He's 37 or something? I'm sorry. I don't I'm fact, I don't fact, <laughs> you don't have to fact check. I'm pretty sure you would be the youngest person. Yeah. Right? I, I, will say, I will say this, though. Um, Hmm? Did Orson Welles win for Citizen Kane? He was like 26 when he directed it. Oh. Can somebody Wikipedia this? Yeah. Uh, We're kind of busy up here. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't think he... Maybe he didn't win. He may not have won. Yeah, he should have won. Stupid mm. Oscars. Anyway, <laughs> Ali, what about you? Um, I wonder if that speech by Mahershala Ali at the... Um, the SAG Awards. SAG Awards yeah. isn't going to play a role. I mean, you, it's hard for it not to. If you see that, there is... Can you briefly you know, describe the speech for uh, people? I mean, seen? he just talked about the importance of love and tolerance and, and, uh, and openness, and he described a situation with his mother where he converted to Islam 17 or 18 years ago. His, um, his Christian mother was not happy about that, but over time they've grown together and they've had, they have a stronger relationship uh, than they've ever had, and he just used that as an example to, to, to society at large to mm -hmm. yeah. preach more openness and tolerance, and it was a very moving speech. It was a beautiful was, speech, yeah. and there have been some great speeches. Yeah. Do you, you two know, do those kinds of things impact the final vote for the Oscars? Well, Hollywood loves to be fashionable, and it's very yes. fashionable right now to be political and progressive, uh, and progressive, and say something. The question is whether or not that momentum will keep up to the end of February. Yeah, or like beyond. I yeah. mean, yeah. you know? Okay. Hollywood's kind of phony, isn't it? A little. I hate Hollywood. <laughs> they call it Tinseltown for a reason. Yeah, it's yeah. a good point, Tina. James. Yes. Quickly, big winner at the uh, stupid Oscars Academy Awards. <laughs> I, uh, I don't. I. I just. I'm just imagining the onslaught of political commentary that is, I think, going to dominate the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to just be like crazier than it possibly any other. But in time. a good way. Uh, well, I think it depends on your politics, but probably, and then, uh, yeah, then okay. things might get ugly. Okay. But I'm just imagining that, that this is going to be 
the most outspoken Oscars that we've probably seen mm -hmm. in our lifetime. I would I hope agree. so. Yeah. I would hope so. We do have to go. I've said that three times. You have a new podcast called Everything But Sports. Right. What? Thanks, Rosebud. All right. Uh, well, that didn't quite make sense, but I like that I had a bit of a topical reference at the ready. Uh, your podcast, Everything But Sports, yes. pretty self-evident, probably. What? There's like another one, apparently. You found it, too, yeah, uh, called Everything But Sports. But if you look us up on Twitter, it's EBS Podcast. And you talk about everything? But what sports? sports? Everything but sports. What's wrong with sports? I'm just not a big sports fan. I just like sports is great. I'm just like the character I love from sports. like I'm just like the character from Trainwreck. Like if you ask me to name like a sports team, I'll be like the Orlando Blooms. Like that's what I'll say. <laughs> you're gonna have a you're gonna have a situation someday where you start to watch sports. And you have to change the name of your podcast. I'm just warning you right now. Sports is sports are great. I love sports. Anybody sure. love sports? 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 Sports are good. Don't listen to our podcast. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of sports, you've been good sports. Thank you for being on Thank the show. You. And Thank you for uh, where us. can people, so what did you say, EBS? EBS podcast, and you can find our Twitter names from there as well. And your regular names. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're done. That's the show. I want to thank. Uh, Tina and Mallory and Ollie and Elcon and the bicycles and James and Linda and you and the tech people and long winter and uh, that's our show. Thank you very much. Have a good evening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Good night. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.